Yo, 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 yo. This uh, intro is always interesting. It gets me going. Hello, people. How are you today? <clears throat> Welcome to the Funky Marketing Show. Every week at exactly the same time, 3 p.m. Uh, Central European time, Totsi and I are, uh, are doing the show. And we are more than ready to call out latest things we don't like in our industry and to highlight a few interesting points we noticed from the last week or week before. Yeah, so uh, we were thinking about what should be the topic of, uh, of today's live and basically we have no idea. So uh, today will be uh, centered around the things uh, around the questions actually that, uh, that we are receiving and it's like, why are you in SaaS? Why should we work with you? How do you educate yourselves? Uh, where does your education come from? Uh, you know, those kind of things, uh, especially having in mind that we are coming from the, you know, Southeast Europe and, uh, you know, here there aren't many, many SaaS uh, products. There aren't many SaaS companies. It's all based on service-based businesses. Now it's changing a little bit, uh, moving further with that. But, you know, we're not going to go back to the childhood, but we're going to go back to, you know, to our, uh, our start in marketing, let's say, uh, you know. So, Totsi, I think we can, we can start with, uh, when is the first time that you got in touch with marketing in general? In general? No, that's an interesting question, but <laughs> you you said we will not go through all the childhood. I don't know. Uh, if you believe me, uh, for the first time uh, I started thinking about uh, marketing and everything, it was like in my sixth grade. I... Uh, put like ads together with my two friends uh, that we are ready to sell uh, video games for Commodore 64. So we have like that entrepreneurial spirit early on, but uh, uh, for marketing, marketing a little bit uh, on higher level, let's say it, uh, I was, I was studied uh, economics. So for me, it was like something I start studying in my early 20s, but somehow I always uh, felt digital better. So I started... But you, 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 you weren't on the marketing department, right? Uh, in that point, uh, it was like a more general study. So we had like few mar marketing uh, uh, re related uh, topics, stuff like that, but not... Uh, not like so specialized at uh, at uh, that moment before Bologna and everything. Well, I'm old. What can I say? And I don't know. I start. Uh, I was like always uh, in in digital. I love social media. Before that, I love blogging as a way of communication. And somehow I discover I discover my space, and I was like completely completely drilled inside. And I. I start building an audience early on and I learned how to drive some targeted traffic, how to curate content from other people's blogs. And I combined my social media presence and my blogging activities. 
and after some time I start my own blogging media platform. And... So that that's happened while while you were still studying. Mm, around I uh, I was like twenty five I I think so it was like ah yeah yeah let's 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 stick to the first time you heard about marketing we we have time to go through that so it happened on the on the university right yeah 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 and how did you uh, think at that time of marketing you know I know that I heard it first time when I started studying marketing. I didn't choose to study marketing. Like I, I wanted to study tourism and uh, geography, but my parents wanted me to study something related to the mathematics and economics, which was, you know, uh, from my point of view, a suicide because I had, uh, you know, uh, D's and E's from from uh, mathematics and physics in the in the high school and all A's from all the other, uh, <laughs> you know. I understand things. your pain, bro, I understand uh, pain. Uh, But not because I didn't get it, it's because uh, I wasn't interested in it. I was interested in just enough so I can move on. And um, so I kinda got into the, into the University of Economics in Belgrade, but wasn't on the, on the state budget. So I needed to move back to Niche. And in Niche, they didn't have that department, tourism and uh, hotels. Um, so I needed to, you know, I ended up studying marketing because I said, aha, okay, marketing, I can study that. Uh, I had no idea. I think it, I thought it was only advertising and commercials. You know, but it turns out that it isn't even close of what we were learning over there. We had one one exam, one out of 35 named marketing. When we were talking about, you know, what kind of T-shirt uh, Roger Federer had in the finals of the US Open back in the days, you know, those kind of things. But outside of that, nothing. I learned how to run the organization, but not how to do marketing. You know, I, I was learning how many... How many corn do they have in the California yeah. or, you know, certain animals somewhere in the world, totally unrelated things. So I quit and I went to, you know, uh, I founded an NGO uh, and went into the earth work to kind of learn in a different way. And yeah, um, when I frozen my year on the faculty, I went to uh, to volunteer for two, two months in uh, in Bansko in Bulgaria. It's a huge ski center, um, and I chose uh, I chose to volunteer in a hotel in marketing. Nice. You know what what uh, they were doing over there? It was <laughs> it was nine nine women, all of them smoking and talking at the same time and doing accounting. That was marketing. Uh, interesting. So I said. Fuck it. Uh, I lasted for two hours and I never looked back. So yeah, that, that was my experience with marketing and starting with it. Nice, nice. I I don't know. I also had like some like completely wrong idea about uh, about my my studying and everything. And uh, well, sooner or later you will be disappointed, and probably that's the case with majority of us. But then you start learning on your own, and 
that's probably the most interesting part how we from like completely different background with completely different background stories start learning and testing things to see what's what's working what's not and i don't know people if you are not aware of that uh, of that web was like completely completely different 20 years ago 15 years ago especially how google uh, ranks websites so it was like yeah really, really... For, for me for me and even for you like you you're not 10 years older than me but it's close enough <laughs> so yeah, it was totally different. I mean, we we barely had phones when I started yeah. my college, and and internet. I was going to the you know to the small internet shops or to the to my friends' apartment to have to go to go to, to Facebook. And even before that, when we had uh, what was the name? Of the Tom guy and MySpace, MySpace, MySpace. You know, you had uh, you had basically the coolest music, and that's why chicks loved you. That's the best times. I mean, that's that's my ultimate, you know, um, ultimate goal of how do I choose a female? You know, by music. So that was the dream come true at the time. And I don't know, it, it was nice because uh, if you wanted to have like a nice uh, MySpace profile, you need to do some work and to be able to understand, you need to know some basic HTML. So it was like really, really cool platform and somehow uh, you need to talk with people and to exchange ideas, to exchange how you can fix this. So people were like more related to each other and somehow facebook changed everything and now we are just scrolling and liking and somehow people feel dumber and dumber year by year so we are like uh, less content creators we start being content consumers and we are doing that more in silence by liking scrolling and liking and i really don't like that because i'm doing content creation for all my life so but yeah, but so let me let me um, give me the info. So, how did you start writing? You know, that was the first thing you did inside marketing, right? Yes, yes. So writing, and how did you start doing that, and why? I don't know. I always love to write, even in elementary school. So writing in public, in digital, I started first with uh, forums. After that, it was like a blog on B92, like big Serbian media portal. And I loved two-way communication, exchanging ideas, arguing with other people, stuff like that. So I just react. I, I felt the power and, <laughs> and I go wild. And I don't know, after that... Uh, well, things start a little bit different because I had my own website with uh, authors and everything and I wanted to bring more authors, to bring more visitors. And I was like very interested in building audience and driving some targeted traffic. So I start learning about search engine optimization at this moment and that moment and for for that point it was like completely natural for me and that's like like the first time i 
I found some things on web about search engine optimization. And probably that was like the, the main point where I was go more in researching and learning to so think. It, it was a, a group of you guys, right? At the time, something like that. You know, you, you got yourself together, people that know, that love writing and know how to write and, you know, can found out that, okay, I know how to write for myself. Maybe I can do it for somebody else. And then you started figuring things out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly like that. And I don't know, um, after, I mean, after five years testing, learning things, testing, learning, finding books, finding video related materials about the topic, I was like pretty, pretty comfortable. I'm really, really good at that. And other people start noticing me, noticing my social media presence, my writing. And in, in 2012, I start working for like really, really big Australian SEO company. And they're hiring like people usually from Croatia and from Serbia, but they try to bring A players to the team. And I don't know, I so was like... You came as an already establish yeah, uh, yeah. you know content person right yeah, something yeah. like that content, content and social media person they they were like more uh, technical seo uh, crew and i i came like with really strong writing and social media background to give them like more life and i don't know i came there as a, as a senior consultant and with uh, my personal team behind you i bring them together and we start preparing like uh, articles for our uh, own needs and it was like really really nice experience for me because in that period of time i worked with like big clients or virgin australia paypal australia and few bigger Australian companies, as I said, as a team leader and senior. So I had like directly communications with them and managing like all the tasks below me with my team and other team members from company. Sounds, sounds like a, a natural, uh, you know, order of things, how things are happening. I don't know when I'm listening to you and I'm, you know, thinking about my journey, it was everything but not linear so yeah. you know because like from that from that point when i was you know volunteering somewhere and learning what marketing is not uh i you know started organizing huge summer camps and events because in my hometown nobody was doing that so um and we needed to promote them so basically that's how I started learning social media and, you know, those kind of things uh, and, and basically got uh, the, the page of my NGO that I formed uh, in 2010, 2011. Uh, we got it to the 5,000 uh, followers, which were the most in the city at that time. So uh, everybody that needed some information about the events, about the youth, about anything would come to us at that time. And, uh, and also like one summer I went to the, we were just, you know, chilling uh, and didn't know what to do with ourselves. You know how it is in, in the summer when, yeah. you know, when you are on a vacation or you're studying, but you don't have exams, those kind of things. So here there's a summer camp, 
somebody is organizing some biologists here on the mountain on Sarapana mountain. Let's go over there. And we went there for three days. Um, I stayed for 20 days as long as the camp uh, lasts. And it turns out that they want somebody to take over the camp. So it was me taking over the camp the next summer. And out of like 30 to 60 people on the summer camp, the next uh, the next year we got also like people from abroad and a lot of other stuff. And uh, I got like 196 people on the on the camp for 14 days. And without advertising, without budget, without anything. Uh, basically, I was using Facebook groups at the time. There were a lot of groups related to the Erasmus Plus exchanges, you know, things for the youth, youth projects. So I used that to kind of attract people to apply and get them. So basically, I was doing that for four years. And last year, we got like people from 18 countries in a, in a village on the mountain in Serbia. Uh, it was truly amazing, an amazing experience. You learn a lot of those people just by talking with them and how to attract them also. So, and year by year, I needed to have some kind of, you know, um, not a financial gain, but to make it profitable. So, uh, so I organized, you know, selling juices, selling beer, those kind of things, uh, organizing a lot of different stuff for the community and a lot of other things but i learned how to you know how to organize the team how to manage 200 people that was that was a nice experience because you know when you try to to ask for a feedback it wasn't uh <laughs> any it, it's not like we had 196 people uh at once at the camp it was during the two weeks but at one time we had like 80 something people so as them you know for the feedback of course nobody responded of course because they have the mess behind them and you know so i had to figure it out how i'm going to do it so um we had at one part we have only people from the from abroad uh on the other object we have people from serbia and in the middle there were tents and it was mixed people from all around and so i put my tent in the middle and after the dinner, I came to the tent to, to work a little bit inside the tent and to listen to the people because they are in tents uh, or outside tents and they don't know that I'm listening. So I hear the feedback and tomorrow morning, you know, no problemo. Everything is working fine. And, you know, those kind of things, like because I was changing things before me, the camp was something uh, people were using just to go to drink, especially people from the village, you know, because it was a unique opportunity that, Young ladies are coming to the village, you know, parties and everything. And I made them work, you know, clean the river, clean the garbage dumps, you know, all kind of different stuff. And they, I got a little bit of hate from the village. So the next year I brought my, my friend who is like the leftist, bold and everything with the huge muscles and told him he is the main guy on the camp go to him for everything so I could manage everybody else, you know. So those kind of kind of things. And I didn't even realize how much did I learn. No, you you know, learned so, how to deal with people. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, uh, in the middle of all that, uh, basically, because I was living out of the activism and I couldn't apply for the projects and those kind of things out of some sad events that happened in my private life. We're not going to get into the, them right now, but I couldn't apply for the projects and I needed to leave out of something. So I was working like night shifts in the cafes and all kinds of different things. But one time the, the guy called me and said, you know, uh, I'm working for a Canadian-based marketing agency and uh, we've been listening to you speaking about your experience, about your background two years ago on an event in a different city when I was as a youth leader uh, speaking. And we have a, a place for the social media guy in a company. What do you know about marketing? <laughs> I knew just enough to start. So, but for me, the first, the first month, month and a half was uh, learning SEO because that was kind of the, the main, the main service that we were providing. And um, at that time, SEO was, uh, you know, things you do on a daily level is you leave meaningful comments on articles and other, you know, directories on the internet. That, that was it. Like, you know, I was leaving meaningful comments for the first two weeks. I was like, what the fuck, is this really marketing? But <laughs> what was really good is that the, the team over there made me actually read the article so I can leave meaningful comments. And I was actually learning by doing that. So, you know, back in the times that that was link building, you know, remember those days. Good old days, good old days. Man, I don't know if they are good, but they are all they are old, definitely. Uh, it was it was like really interesting because you could make like really really nice money just putting out some affiliate site and do some. Well, for me as a content creator, I will just go put some like basic WordPress website around uh, one affiliate product. I will prepare five to ten articles. I will link uh, between them, and I don't know. I will do some like basic link building with additional round of articles and things will start doing and actually you could easily make profitable website in a day or two just like that and to try to test it to improve it even further so it was like nice time to test things to learn things to try to actually trying to find some like sweet spots uh, keywords without uh, any strong competition and by doing all this uh, somehow uh, my let's say dark dark gray head from the beginning starts evolving i was like gandalf learning new and new things and i don't know how uh, google starts changing the algorithm and things become like more and more complicated i actually was forced to learn new things and to do things by the book and after some time i was like completely completely content-based white head white head seo so it was like a journey for me so so who are who are the guys from whom you you've learned from the start? I, I know uh, is it you know when we look at the SEO, usually like back in the days it can be also Neil Patel. I mean even today people are learning from him. So who uh, tell me about the journey? How did you learn from whom to <coughs> learn, from whom to learn? 
I was I was like a, a Moz, a Moz guy. I had like my blogging account on uh, Moz, and uh, it was like SEO Moz in that time. So Rand Fishkin, Cyrus Shepard, even Bill Slavsky, because he do. Uh, I was interested to uh, learn how algorithm actually works. So Bill Slavsky with his uh, with his works what was like really excellent choice. Uh, uh for me and i don't know so search engine land the dennis sullivan in that time so that was probably the main sources of of knowledge for me yeah i think uh you know i started with with gary v and then went to some some others uh you know gary v is great for that time when you start because it gives you know he talks about the hustle he talks about yeah. all those things but back in the days you know, uh, I was just learning and watching a lot of videos while I was doing things and sharing everything with the team. We had a Slack group and I was sharing tons of things over there. So uh, everything that I learned, I wanted the team to learn as well. Uh, and I soon I became the, you know, the team lead. And uh, as I was moving, I was moving forward got also the the biggest accounts back in the days those were uh automotive shops auto repair and used car sales shops from uh based in hamilton and ontario ontario canada some e-commerce shops uh and you know a lot of uh other different uh different clients from from really different industries but uh you know what's been interesting is that um you know, that, that is exactly what I needed back in the days because I had the freedom. The owners give me, give me the freedom to find a way how to make something work. And also the clients, they didn't uh, imply like do this or do that, but you find a way how, you know, we're going to get uh, that, uh, you know, to the number of one to three spot for that keyword. You find a way how we're gonna get traffic over there. You find a way how we're gonna get more clients. And like in because I was doing a lot of things, getting a lot of results, and sharing all that with the team and outside of the team, um, I got promoted to be a GM in like 13 months. And it was interesting because then as a GM, uh, I I was the one setting up my own goals. So um, you know, it can be something that can kill all your creativity or you can kill it by finding the way to make it work. So I told myself, okay, uh, for, for us, uh, for the clients to move, uh, to move up on Google, we need to do something new every day, or we need to find some different things that are working. So I was doing one thing and measuring all that by relevant people coming to the website. Relevant means they are converting they are scheduling calls we i was on a call every week with a with a client asking you know how many customers do you got uh because if you if you are in an automotive industry if you don't get uh you know from one from first to the third place on google maps you get zero you you get zero clients and because people are driving and then you know searching from mobile and that's how they find you. And it was interesting. I learned a lot of things because like 
to- uh, cars are expensive toys and feedback can be really brutal. And you have, need to have a brutal service uh, to keep going with that. And, you know, it was interesting. I mostly learned at that time about the content, about organic marketing. Uh, and at the time happened the thing with the uh, Facebook news feed when Facebook basically starts showing things in the news feed uh, from the pages and everything. And, you know, a lot of people started to panic. You know, it's what a, are we going to do? It, it, it you, Facebook, you, yeah, are, yeah. you are taking money out of my pocket, you know, like those kind of things. Uh, and I was like, okay, things are moving in a way where we have you know, where the employees or every company will be the biggest influencers of that company. So what do I do? I made a checklist for everybody from my team. I was running like, I think it was four people in my marketing team. There was a development team and they, there was one designer and two owners, something like that. Uh, around 15 people were in the company. So I, um, I created a checklist for them, what to do every day, to post on LinkedIn, how to distribute the content, how to do a lot of things. So basically empowering them to create their own personal brands. And back in the days, it was something that came from me as a, as a GM. So, um, and it's interesting. Um, you know, now we are seeing that those things are actually really working over there. Uh, but people didn't realize that, you know, I wanted to implement also, you know, to, to uh, record a short video just to say to the clients, hey, let's say, you know, Mick, um, we are going to have a reporting call this week. This is what we're going to talk about. Chat next week. That's it. Just to come and make it more personal. But it was like, whoa, he's demanding of me to do that, you know, to those kind of things. Oh, no. and, and it was interesting because... Uh, you know, in general, I was learning a lot because when I became the GM, the owners disappeared for two months and they told to the team, like, <laughs> Nemanja has all the rights and responsibilities and all the freedom that we have as the owners, ask him for everything. And before I got to the GM position, I wrote like 17 stuff with my buddy uh, Atza at the time to go to the owners and to tell them if they don't fix it, we are leaving the company. And basically, they told me, now you implement them. Here you are the ones who, who, will, who will do it. And I didn't know any process. I didn't know any password, anything. So I needed to create everything from the start. Processes for hiring, processes for the marketing team, for design, everything. And I learned tons of stuff. It slowed us down as a company, but it, uh, you know, propelled me uh, to the future like a couple of months uh, advanced. And, you know, so that's kind of the thing that I see as a most important thing when you are learning something, that you have the freedom to do things, to make mistakes, to implement, and that somebody believes in you and gives you that freedom. Uh, I have like similar experience, but uh, from uh, in my perspective, sometimes you need to fight hard for that freedom. Remember back mm-hmm. in the days in 2012, when I started working with that huge Australian company, it was like a huge team company. It was like 100 plus people. And at the beginning of the month, I will receive my tasks, my clients and strategy and checklist what they need to do till the end of the month. 
And I, to be honest, I didn't like the strategy. So I decided, hey, I will test few things and I did few things on my own. And I was brave enough to actually do my own strategy. And after after first month, I sent a report and it was like a little bit different than they expected. And I was a I was there to actually defend my strategy. And then they checked the results and they saw like complete Google domination for a few clients because I used like completely diversified approach in that time. I set additional blog spot for clients completely on my own with, with uh, articles prepared by my, by my own personal team, completely out of strategy. And after that, I use like visual elements to uh, make additional boards on pit Pinterest and I actually succeed to rank for the clients with Pinterest boards and the blog blog uh, spot articles and uh, things completely out of uh, their vision of strategy and people start thinking hey what's this guy uh, is doing and after <laughs> two three months I had like completely freedom to do what I want to do and even they told me hey Ivan maybe you are like fixing things too fast maybe you can slow down a little bit because if you if you succeed in in your strategy maybe clients will left us like too soon we like they they don't need us anymore so I I mean uh, freedom is good but uh, sometimes you need to prove you can do things right and you can do it actually by testing things by learning things and by executing things without that you are just talking and that's it yeah yeah it's good that you reminded me of uh of that like i was the last one coming to the company and i was the first ever gm <laughs> a lot of people hated me for that you know so that's also something to to consider how others are reacting to to your success because and you're different and you put like more energy into day-to-day -day work and people usually don't like that especially in bigger companies yeah but there is also one one mistake i did when we are already talking about it um that you know i i want everybody to be like me you know to work That's for more mistake. hours, to uh, to learn the way I learn, to move forward uh, as fast as I am. So I then realized that it's quite okay for somebody to come to work, to work for eight hours, to give its best, and to go home after that. That's perfectly fine if they are satisfied with their lives. But then you, as a company, think if you have if that person is the right for what you want to achieve, you know. But from uh, from that perspective, it's perfectly fine and it's perfectly okay. Everybody has their own goals in life and from business. So, um, yeah, but, you know, my that part of my story ended up, you know, I was also doing some sales because we were trying, we got clients from referrals, but they stopped. At one moment, they stopped because we had the same clients for years and they ran out of the recommendations for us. So we got a few from the sides. And so I got the team, uh, as I mentioned, the checklist to become more active on LinkedIn so we can get a couple of clients. From there, we started doing, you know, um, LinkedIn outreach. Basically, at the time, it was a tool that was uh, acting like a human coming to 
you uh, you go to the LinkedIn search, you add you know the industry positions and everything, seniority, and then you 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 go to sleep and let it to run. And it takes like a person comes to the profile, stays for 20 seconds, and then leaves because 20 seconds is enough to uh, inform somebody that you have been visiting their profile. And tomorrow, if you see that you know that they came to visit back. Uh, to back to your profile and visit your profile then you reach out to them and you start relationship but i saw that you know you you go and talk about business things but you close things via twitter talking about some different things outside of the business so that was also the learnings but i felt like you know i uh i don't have anything else to learn over there so i moved to specialize in website personalization marketing automation you know those kind of things and i don't know what was the, the second step for you but for me I, I had to learn some things right from the start i was writing emails i was okay doing facebook campaigns i was doing that uh in the first company as well but now it was only me you know in charge for for those things and um who knows? It's it's a little bit different because it was performance marketing and it, the pressure was uh, a lot bigger and we needed results now. So it was kind kind of interesting. So what what was your like the second step in the career? Let's say the second or the third. Uh, at some point, together with my personal team, because uh, I start I notice like from early on in that company that uh, we are doing. <clears throat> like a link, link building efforts with not so high quality articles at that point. And I start producing articles for other guys in company and month by month, I hire more and more writers to join me. And at the same time, uh, I love like transferring knowledge and stuff like that. So I start educating them about marketing, about SEO, about things I learn. So at some point we were like more than ready to start implementing our own strategy for our own clients. And around 2014, we were like completely able to do things on our own. And I actually found my own company and everything. So we are like officially doing our own business. And in that point I started doing sales and other things. So somehow, uh, my approach was like completely different and we offer like our our strategies our execution everything uh, articles social media presence even uh, uh, building websites on wordpress like full full package and i needed to learn everything and to be able to provide clients with all-in-one solution and it was like a nice experience for, for me doing some things for the first time because I was like the oldest guy in team with the proper background and everything. But somehow I embraced in that time life learning concept. Uh, and I, I was like completely aware that because I love digital and I love marketing and uh, how things are going that I will be simply... <laughs> in debt all my life and I need to learn not to fall behind. So for me, it was really, really nice time because I 
tested new concept, I tested my strategy, I tested uh, how content creation in different platforms work, I tested LinkedIn, I tested Twitter, and it was it was like really nice time for me. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. How did you come up with with all the stuff? Because you needed to sell them. Yeah. You needed to know other stuff so you can sell those stuff that you are already doing, right? Exactly, so exactly. one step that I that I forget to mention is while working in the in the the agency at the time, we were also with the existing team developing a startup, and this is where I work with uh, with our buddy Vedran. Who is now director of marketing in Vanilla Soft? We work together on a, on a startup which basically awards you for taking care of your car. And he was in charge of all the operations. I was in charge of marketing. <laughs> it was basically, you know, a couple couple of guys. Uh, but it was also uh, a good, you know, additional experience. And uh, a sister's company to that agency was also the Jation, which is the leader, global leader in email archiving. So I was also, you know, learning about those things and I was working with them at the time when Hillary Clinton had some affair with, with email archiving and those kind of stuff. So learning early on how to, how to do marketing for the company that needs to keep things uh, low or secret or who cannot tell about the, you know, uh, about things and, um, it was interesting, but, uh, you know, like, uh, one thing that, that stood out for me is when I, when I come to work for an agency based in Serbia, I was like, okay, on the global market, it's going to personalization, everything. So, uh, not only through software, through those kind of things, but also in the visuals, not using stock photos, those kind of things. So we had a client, a big company, uh, that works with accounting software. And, you know, I was asking the, the agency owner, why do we have, like, people in suits as stock photos all around the social media and nothing else? And he told me, because that's what's working. I said, come on, there's no way. <laughs> we, tried we tried it, you know. First, it was some animations that work in Slovenia, because in Slovenia, that's how see the accountant. Uh, they're talking about this in a different way. Uh, but, you know, then I tried it and nobody was reacting. Mm -hmm. Then I moved back to the stock photos with people in suits and it wasn't like 100 or 200 or 500 likes. It was even 15,000 likes and comments and it was like literally crazy on each photo. And I was like, okay, each market is uh, special and you need to learn how people are looking at things on those markets. So that's what personalization really means. Uh, and um, it was interesting. So we, we got, you know, we just used stock. I think we use all the stocks photo from the internet with people in, in suits, like men in suit on a, on a ladders. Many suit in a boat, many suit on the moon, like everything. Uh, and you know, uh, you learn a lot of stuff. And especially because most of the clients were, were B2C, you were working directly with people and you learn a lot of stuff of emotions, of how Facebook ads are working, how Instagram ads are working. 
back in the days, it was Instagram started with follow for follow or, or some other things. So you learn that that as well. Uh, and basically, you are dependent on the results. And that's how they are measuring everything you do. And everything is under pressure. I, I made a lot of mistakes. I was the director of operations and in charge of some of the biggest campaigns. I made a lot of mistakes. Like under the pressure, I didn't even realize that I got scheduled some of the posts to be in a different language. Oh. And I came back to check them out. And it was okay. I didn't realize the mistake. So I, I was punished with 20% of the salary for three months just because of that. But I was happy because it was a difficult client, a client that I didn't want us to work with. So I was happy. You know, I... I was okay, you know, take away 20%, give me, the, give me the freedom not to work with a bad client. So at that time, I was already thinking, you know, that I don't want to work with anybody. I want to work with clients that respect what we do, the way we do it. And, you know, so that's kind of, kind of the background. Uh, and I saw that performance marketing has a plateau. And that, you know, it works until you have the budget. It works just fine. But after that, you need um, content, you need brand, you need different things. So uh, we move back to... Actually, that's the direction I wanted to go. That's not the direction the owner wanted to go. It, it was... For some reason, he didn't want to go to the international market. That I felt like, you know, I'm choking working on a Serbian market and that I need to go bigger, that I have bigger things ahead of me. So we split up. Um, and, you know, actually I was, I was I was fired because the owner didn't have enough enough budget for my salary. It was, uh, my salary was the same as the salary of all the other people in the agency. And, I mean, I understand that from that perspective. So, but we didn't get the bigger revenue because he didn't listen to me. So, and, you know, and I move over there and then I started, you know, um, coming up with the funky marketing. But at the time, I didn't even know that I we will be in a B2B space working with SaaS companies, working with tech-based companies. I didn't know that. Uh, this is how it went. You know, the first client was Impahub Belgrade and they're working with tons of software uh, companies, innovative startups. Uh, so we already got into the space. And then I saw that the gap into the B2B industry and started implementing the things from B2C into the B2B. But right there, last January when we started, I didn't know much about the SaaS industry. But, you know, uh, talking with around 300 companies in a year and a half, two, uh, working with with 40 companies, you learn tons of stuff. And a year or a year and a half is uh, a big period of time. You know, you can you can change your life completely, your career in that time. So, what was your idea? Like, we we started to work uh, to work together uh, around a year ago, something almost still, almost a year. Something like that. And you have that background in, in SEO and content and, you know, those kind of things. But you didn't, your background isn't in SaaS as well. And, you know, those kind of things. And you were, you know, uh, making a break in your career for a, for a 
year or two or a couple of years, something like that. And how did you get back in the re- into the rhythm? I think that would be a nice thing to share. Well, it was complicated uh, at the beginning because uh, when I came back from Spain in uh, 2017, I was like completely puzzled. Uh, I lost my uh, company in Serbia. I stopped doing things I I done before and I was like ready for next step, but I wasn't sure what to do. And I had like few adventures, let's call it that way. And after some time, I mean business adventures, and after some time I was like, hey, no, no, no way I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. And uh, I wasn't actually sure what to do. And I took that time to actually learn more things and to be ready for the next step. But I wasn't sure what will be the next step. And to be honest, it was like hard without like real support, without uh, without team behind me, because more or less I I get used to have like team on my own and to organize things. And now, I mean, in that time I was like alone and I was ready to start actually doing something new. And I start learning about new tendencies in marketing, about demand generation, about uh, where is LinkedIn right now, where is uh, how things are going in B2B space, uh, what are trends in content marketing. And as I said, I was ready, but I wasn't sure what is like the next step. And in some point, I actually noticed like, one of your articles how to create b2b content machine and i start studying it uh, i mean all things in funnel stuff like that and i remember that time it was like summer time and i was like hey this guy is actually know what he's speaking and doing and i was like really really pissed off uh, how things are going uh, in serbia even on international level and i was said hey i can do business with the uh, people who actually understand things and I, I i cannot work with anyone and i actually approach you and i had like plans to move to belgrade and to continue my career a little bit different and we start talking and after a few in my perspective really really nice opening talks i decided hey i think i can work together with this guy and i will learn everything i can in any possible time and i actually did it so somehow somehow i feel i'm not behind uh, i don't feel like i had a break at all now but it was a little bit hard at the beginning but i was like fully motivated to do so as fast as possible yeah it's, it was interesting looking at you know where are we now from that time i mean i couldn't offer you like a, a big paycheck or or something like that uh and you told me like you know, you didn't want to work for anybody, so that was kind of uh, kind of interesting. And I r- didn't realize, you know, how much experience you have and those kind of things, because at that time you weren't really active on LinkedIn. Yeah, I you was have like... been active in the past, but looking at your profile, I see that you are not active. So you're telling me like, I will become active, and I was like, okay, I can try it. Let's let's see how how it goes. Uh, but you know, it's 
it's interesting because uh, we learned a lot by by talking with with companies, talking with clients, doing things, but also by you know by listening to the podcast. Yeah, also, I think cool. I think um, the rise of the podcast helped us a lot. You know, learn different things from different people. I think that if that didn't happen, we wouldn't be where we are right now. At least Probably. that's my that's my experience. You know, uh, I couldn't get that much out of the books or from somewhere else. So I think that helped helped me a lot, and also that you know that other people started to uh, to appear and to do the the same things kind of. So Chris Walker and others. And basically, I think uh, that all of us were, you know, supporting in a way each other, maybe not directly. I never talked to Chris Walker or to somebody, you know, so to some other guys. But, uh, you know, we, we all uh, were growing at the same time. You know, and changing a little bit the things, how we are talking about things, how we are doing things, how uh, was the old way, how was the new way. But, you know, you still needed to learn so many things. Like even today in SaaS industry, there are so many expressions that, you know, that people have no idea what do they mean. I think that that most of them are unnecessary. But there are so many of them, so many shortcuts, uh, you know, like. So many interesting metrics to actually follow and monitor. and uh, Yeah, metrics and those kind of things. And like just yesterday I was listening to uh, an episode. I don't, I don't remember who was the guest uh, on DG podcast. And it was a huge company. And he said, you know, uh, attribution is hard. And it's hard to know what to measure. It's no, it's hard to figure out, you know, what are the things that you can measure. And then out of those things, you know, eliminating those things that you don't need. That's extremely hard. And not even like the, you know, I think it was $30 million company or something like that. Maybe, maybe more. I, I don't remember. I'm just talking out of my head. But uh, they didn't figure it out yet. And the guy is telling that it's hard. So it is hard for everybody, especially if you are just starting, if you don't know how to do it, especially if you are, you know, developing the product fast. And, you know, we work a lot with seed A, seed B uh, stage startups. And, you know, over there working with them, you can grow three to five times. And it, it's not enough. It's, it's not, not enough. enough. It's not enough and everything will break a couple of times uh, on the way. And, you know, and first couple of times you're like, what the fuck is going on? You know, before that, I was working with companies which are steady, you know. And and it's okay. Yeah. And we needed to learn also those things. But it's totally different if you're working directly with the customers as well. So, you know, different things but i think the most important thing is you know learning by doing and also by talking with those people to find out how they are talking about things you know there is no uh, shortcut to that there is no shortcut to that yeah and also one thing that we started implementing lately and help us a lot uh, to accelerate and in, in my opinion go to the next level is asking the right questions in the onboarding 
you know, because uh, you need to find out the things that will help you do your job better. Maybe the company doesn't know the answers, but you are here to help them find out the answers. And it's extremely needed because companies want agencies or consultants to just go like, do the advertising, do the content. Can we skip analyzing? Can we skip optimizing? You know, we, we cannot because we need to have the basics, right? So we can actually do something that, that gives results. Learning by doing is amazing concept when you uh, finally embrace it. Uh, because uh, only with... Uh, regularly talking to customers you can actually realize what are like real pain points not theoretical pain points and by uh learning additionally through podcast and i will agree with that it's like the best source of knowledge uh by first you learn then you test you find what's working and then you execute hard and you can there is no shortcut to that you actually need to understand your customers first and after and that. one more thing, one more thing I will say, and I think it's important, it's extremely important to be said, is that, you know, when you start with advertising or when you start with anything new, first three months are a trial period, are a testing period. Three months, so three months, not many companies want to do that. Not many companies want to invest that. Not many companies have the money for that, but it's extremely needed. It doesn't mean that you don't get to the results in three months. It you go to the results straight away, but it's all testing and adjusting in the first three months. So that's how you need to look at it. You know, not like we don't have results in the first month. Let's stop it. No, it's no, we are in testing phase. Or or if we have results, maybe in three months we will have. And I definitely we will have much better results. You know, because we are optimizing things, and in the first three months you are basically paying you know, the setup and the research and optimization and everything. After the first three months, when the testing is over, when the, you know, you are paying for the results. That's what's happening over there. And you're not paying the person to do it or the company, you're paying for the results. And, you know, these are important things to know and to, you know, to be aware of. Because people want, you know, we are going into advertising, we want results in a week. It won't happen. Sometimes it can happen, but usually it's not the way it goes. You will have those results because of something you have done before, not because you started an advertising campaign. You know, and it goes the same for all different things that we are doing over there. And don't forget the organic. Don't forget the social because we don't need like followers followers by numbers by vanity metrics we want to build audience and after that we want to build engaged community only with engaged community you can actually go further and for things like this you need to add value first you need to build trust and you need consistency you need time yeah also uh those are all important things and working a lot with, with startups you know, they tend to spend the money from the investors on PPC. Yeah, they will you burn, know, so, they will burn uh, their budgets without without uh, best results. I remember what uh, our friend Ognian said, like um, companies getting like 20 or 30 millions seed money. And what happens next? Google gets 
10 millions out of that money. You know, it's funny because it's true. And you can spend that money much wiser, but I, I, I don't say that you don't need to invest in the ads. That just, you know, you need to find what's really working for you and get there. So I think we, we talk a lot and I think this was actually the show because we were talking about our own lives, our own careers, and taking that to what we are doing right now with the companies, giving some, you know, um, advice and examples. And you know what I didn't ask you? What is the last song that you listened to? OMG. <laughs> Man, I'm listening radio station. Don't ask me that ever again. For me, it's like really, really background noise. That's the point. You need to focus on one. I'm trying to focus on our work. This is like just background voice. Nah, listen. Uh, you need what? What I think it's it's the good thing for everybody. Uh, is to you know to celebrate some small wins during the day. That's why I like the checklist. So I can go and you can just cross things out. And when you finish one, you just go and do your dance with, with happy and, dance, or or you know go and drink coffee or have a cigarette or whatever it is that you are enjoying. But you know celebrate it in a way that you want to celebrate. Like take the dog out. That's you know celebration for both of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so those kind of things are extremely important. And, and I like to, you know, to play loud music or something like that in, in the middle of those kind of things to make the small breaks. Uh, just so you know, you can keep fresh and go out of, uh, you know, the things and leave the pressure out of the room. I think a lot of people are, you know, constantly living and working with pressure. So... That's why I'm asking you about the last song. Not it's not about the song. Uh, I think you're uh, you're doing well under the pressure, and I think you learn this by playing basketball professionally. Because uh, I had similar experience uh, when I play chess professionally, and I I'm like from my early ages trained to work extremely well under the pressure. So. For me, pressure is okay. Yeah, who knows? I remember when I was a kid and uh, my father was playing basketball and we, like local team from, from Pirot, a small town in Serbia, was playing Michigan State in Pirot. Like, it was, it was all black, I think, at the time. And I have a picture when I was like up to the knees of a basketball player. And, you know, you realize, you know, how life is different. <laughs> uh, even when you're when you are that young, you know, like somebody came to uh, from the U.S., from the country where, where the basketball is born, to Serbia, to the small city, to play with your hometown team. You know, and looking from the perspective of, you know, a hometown team, it's like oh, we gotta beat them. It's the one oh, once in a in a decade, in a hundred years chance, <laughs> you know. And there are two perspectives. So I always try to look at the two perspectives. You know, from from Michigan State, yeah, it was like 
Okay, let's finish with this game again. Uh, I don't know who are these people, but you know, we are here on the tour. We are enjoying, you know. I have, I don't remember what actually was the purpose of that. I was too young. But from the local team, it's, you know, something that's in the books about the history of period basketball. You know, so. Um, it's about legacy, come on. Perspectives are very important in life and the way you look at the things, you know, like. Uh, if I, if something will get me out of the comfort zone, and you know, um, I need to do it to get myself to the next level, or if something to is gonna make me calm and I need to be calm to do the task, then I need to uh, to calm myself by doing something. And those things are, you know, extremely important. And I think we recorded the movie of an hour and four minutes, five minutes. So I think it. It's the record when it comes to the funky marketing. We, we are preparing for show. 24 hours live. Yeah, 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 I think this is something we need to do, but we need to find out uh, a lot of music dancing, which is not radio music. And but guess we, can, we can dedicate, guess we can dedicate one hour to radio show. Yeah. <laughs> we can actually do it. We just need maybe 20, 30 guests, and we will just do the rest. Yeah, you, th you think we can talk with 30 people in 24 hours and, uh, you know, live with a voice? Easy. <laughs> Sounds like a challenge to me and I think it's easy. Yeah, but uh, only if if uh, guests are also the cat, the dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in 24 hours, everything could happen. <laughs> so don't worry. They, something will just jump. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. I think, uh, I hope we, we gave something interesting to you. I hope that you learned something. We try to share our background, our experience. And, you know, let us know if there is any topic that you want us to dive into. Because, you know, we are freestyling every week and we can talk about all kinds of different topics uh, any day. And we have a lot of different things to talk about. Maybe we don't remember them, but maybe you need answers from us. So let us know and we'll do it. People, what can I say? It was like nice time. Next week, same time, join us. Yeah, and keep it funky.